Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I wanted to talk to you about narcissism because I know that I myself found myself in a relationship with someone who was very narcissistic. This was, you know, whenever I was younger, and it can be very challenging. And many of you may find yourself in this type of relationship. It's especially easy for someone who is very giving and loving and caring to end up with a narcissist because a narcissist needs someone that feeds them, and a regular person is going to get tired of that crap very quickly. So a person who wants to be kind, wants to be loving, wants to be more giving, and I'm not saying that a normal person isn't those things, but, you know, to the detriment of themselves, like a people pleaser, they tend to gravitate more towards those people because you will put up with that kind of behavior much more than someone who isn't a people pleaser. being with a narcissist is extremely difficult. So I thought I would talk about, first of all, what is a narcissist and how would you recognize one? And you may find yourself saying, oh my gosh, that's me or that's my spouse or this is the relationship I'm in. And a narcissist can be either a male or a female but they are more likely to be male. In fact, 75% of narcissists are male. I don't really know why it tends to be a male-dominated trait, but it is. So I'm going to talk about, first of all, what is it? So a narcissist personality disorder is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, It's often marred with troubled relationships and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this facade of this extremely self-important person lies a very fragile self-esteem. And this person with this fragile self-esteem is very vulnerable to even the slightest bit of criticism. So... What are the signs and symptoms of narcissism? So again, we said that somebody who has a very exaggerated sense of self-importance, they have a sense of entitlement, and they require constant, excessive admiration. They expect to be recognized as superior, even without any achievements that would warrant that. They exaggerate achievements and talents. And this one I remember my ex used to say to me all the time, well, I scored a this on the ACT and my IQ is this, which I really don't believe to this day. You know, and even at the time I was like, I kind of doubt that. Like if that were true, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Um, They're very preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. They believe that they are superior and they can only associate with equally special people. They may monopolize conversations and belittle or look down on people that they consider to be inferior. 
And that's another thing, too, is I remember my ex making fun of people all the time. Um, They take advantage of others to get what they want. So there's a lot of manipulation and control that goes on. They have an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. And that was definitely a, a trait that he had. He could never see how anything that he said or did could hurt somebody else. And nothing was ever his fault either. Like, it was always someone else's fault. He never did anything wrong. He um, also, they have the tendency to be envious of others and believe others envy them. They behave in an arrogant manner, coming across as conceitful or boastful or pretentious. And they insist on having the best of everything. And that was another thing, too. It was like he was always spending money on things we did not need just so that it looked like he had more money, which was really stupid. <laughs> but, you know, in the mind of the narcissist, he has to have the best of everything. They have trouble accepting criticism. They can be impatient and angry when they don't receive special treatment. Um, and I remember my ex being very mad because when my son was little, he was just learning how to talk, and he he had three distinct words, one for for my ex and one for his grandpa and one for my brother, and they were all a form of the word dada, but they were different syllables. But he got so mad because he was like, he's calling everyone dada, and that wasn't the case at all. It's just he was just learning how to talk. He knew like three syllables, but he got so mad about that because it was like they were infringing on his right to be called dad or something. I don't know. It was very silly. Um, They have significant interpersonal problems and feel easily slighted. With that example, you can see that. They react with rage or contempt, and they try to belittle you to make themselves feel superior. He definitely did that. I can't tell you the names that I've been called and things that I never would have imagined that I would have ever been called in my life and had never been called before or since. I used to get called whenever he was upset. They have difficulty regulating emotions and behavior, and they experience major problems dealing with stress or adapting to change. There's often a lot of depression there, or they feel moody because they feel like they fall short of perfection. And they have secret feelings of insecurity, shame, vulnerability, or humility. And the problem with a lot of narcissists is that They will never seek treatment, or if they seek treatment, it's to treat depression, or they might be even dependent on drugs or alcohol because that is what helps them cope. So they may go get treatment for depression, or they may go get treatment for drugs or alcohol, but they don't truly get treatment for the real problem. And with my ex, he would go and get depression medicine The doctor he went to gave him samples of it and not an actual prescription, and he was supposed to try it and come back. Well, he tried it for like a week or two, you know, and it takes a week or two for it to even get in your system and do anything, regulate anything, and he decided that he didn't like the way it made him feel, so he just quit taking it. And you know that you cannot stop a medicine like that, cold turkey, like you have to be weaned off of that. So that helped his mood swings a lot. So, if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, what do you need to know? Well, I think that a lot of studies are showing that we are becoming more of a narcissistic world 
because we have social media networks like Facebook. So that often has a lot to do with our self-esteem because you have to have the perfect profile picture and what if people don't like it? Like not enough people liked my profile pic. That's just normal people. So when you have that narcissism tendency like inflated in there, that just makes it worse. But I think we are creating more people who are going to have narcissistic tendencies because of all of these social media things. Because it, it, it really does, even though social media can be a great thing because it allows me to interact with people who don't live close to me. It allows me to interact with my listeners it can also be used in a bad way. You've seen, I'm sure if you've been on Instagram, you've seen the posts of just women and men who just like post pictures of themselves after they've been bodybuilding. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's definitely, it can be excessive. And it's like, look at me. And it, it can tend to have an effect where people feel like everything is all about them. So how can you tell if you are in a a narcissistic relationship? And you might have already said, oh my gosh, I am, just by listening to what you said, this sounds like my relationship, or this sounds like my spouse. But um, if you feel like you're with someone who doesn't seem to have any empathy for you, can't understand why what they say would hurt you, they're very manipulative or controlling. And one of the ways that my ex was very manipulative and very controlling is through tears. He could cry at the drop of a hat. And he knew that that would get to me because I was a very sensitive person and I want to hurt anyone's feelings. So anytime things weren't going his way, he would start crying about something. Like he would bring up something that would, you know, be something that I should feel sorry for him for and then start crying. And it worked. It worked really well for a long time until one day I just happened to, you know, I, it's, I don't know, I can't even describe it. It was like I saw his mood. I saw that he was able to suddenly go from this laughing to crying mode. And I don't know why it took me that long to see it or why I didn't see it before, but it was like just an aha moment, like a light bulb went on. And I thought, oh my gosh, like you can cry at the drop of a hat. Like you've been manipulating me all these years. They also have very controlling behavior, and this is something that he did too. It was like I couldn't go with my family places because he needed to know where I was going to be, and he didn't want me to be anywhere if he wasn't there. He also needed to control what was happening like when we went to family's houses and I remember one time he got so mad it was Christmas Eve my babies were not even a year old you know they were almost a year old and excuse me Christopher got the stomach flu Christmas Eve night and my mom was keeping them she's like oh let me keep the babies so we let her and he was sick and he was throwing up all night and Luke's mom had bought them new onesies. And they were had the onesies on, but he got sick all over the onesies. So my mom changed his clothes into a new outfit that she had bought. Not trying to say like, oh, this is, you know, this is my outfit that I bought. That it wasn't anything like that. It was there was throw up all over the other outfit. 
Well, he was so mad about that. I mean, he ruined the entire Christmas day over that. And it was just, nobody could understand. Even his mom was like, I told him it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, I had to explain it wasn't anything that was done on purpose. It wasn't like this was a, and that's the other thing too that should have been a big clue. It's like in that family, it was like, we do things to show you know, to prove something, you know, like, oh, that's the outfit that I bought. So it was very weird. You know, I thought it was very weird. And I didn't understand, you know, I understand him wanting his mom to be able to see them in the outfit, but okay, it's dirty. He threw up on it. Like, that's not happening. So to get mad about it and ruin, and I mean ruin the entire holiday was really stupid, but that's what happened. Um, There's a strong need for admiration and a very strong need on getting their own needs met and ignoring the needs of others. And, oh my gosh, he used to do that a lot. Higher levels of aggression. He was very aggressive, very aggressive. There were a lot of times where he got physical and it got scary. He also had a lot of difficulty accepting any kind of feedback about his behavior when I would tell him I don't like it when you do this or I would just tell him to stop doing whatever he would it was like he would go out of his way to do it just because I told him to stop so that was some of the typical behavior that I dealt with and that's also very typical of narcissists the problem with narcissists is that they often had narcissistic parents who um, the parents wanted to build them up, you know, to make them look good. They also have very, very fragile egos. So this is always weird because I've said this before, but oftentimes the meanest people in the world are people who hate themselves. They have very, very low self-esteem and fragile egos. And it's due to a lot of things that happened to them as children. And it's sad, but that often comes out that way. And we can feel sorry for people like that, but we don't have to accept their behavior. There um, are a couple of different types of narcissists. So there's the grandiose narcissism and then vulnerable narcissism. They usually stem from different early childhood experiences, and then they lead to different behaviors and relationships. Grandiose narcissists, they display high levels of grandiosity, aggression, and dominance, and they tend to be more confident and less sensitive. And they usually were treated very superior in their early childhood, so they move through life expecting the same kind of treatment, and they will become very upset and leave their partners really quickly if they feel they're not getting the special treatment they think they're entitled to. Vulnerable narcissists are much more emotionally sensitive. They have what serves as a facade. So this, you know, grandiosity, it is actually just a facade that protects their feelings of inadequacy and incompetence. And they swing back and forth between feeling superior and inferior. They often feel victimized and anxious when they're not treated as if they are special. This usually develops in early childhood as a coping mechanism to deal with abuse or neglect. 
So in relationships, these types of partners worry about how their partners perceive them. They can be very possessive, jealous, and paranoid about their partners having flirtations or affairs. So it can be very challenging to be in a relationship with a narcissist. They have a lot of difficulty really truly loving someone because they don't love themselves. And as you've heard me talk about so often on this podcast, you have to love yourself deeply and completely before you can truly love someone else. They're so focused on themselves that they don't really see their partner as a separate person. They tend to only see their partner in terms of how can you fulfill my needs? How can you make me feel better? And their partners and children are usually only valued if they're able to meet these needs for them. They can lack the ability, like I said, to be empathetic towards their partners or their children. But a lot of people are actually drawn to narcissists. And the reason is because in the beginning, they seem to be very life-of-the-party people. They're very fun, outgoing, charismatic. And there's a beautiful and exciting honeymoon period in these relationships that very quickly declines. So it is, it's easy to fall madly in love with someone like this instantly and things can move very quickly and then you realize, and that I think is what makes it so dangerous and this is what happened to me. It was like our relationship went so quickly we went from like going on our first date to then being together all the time and in just a few months time like we were already a very serious couple and then it was hard to get out of very hard to get out of if you're in a a narcissistic relationship you may feel very lonely you may feel like you're just an accessory and that's how I felt I felt like I'm just like a trophy wife And that sounds stupid because I'm not like this model or anything like that, but that's what it felt like. It was like I was just there for him to be to his friends like, oh, look, that's my wife. And you feel very lonely and unimportant. The narcissist will always act like they are always right, that they know better, that you're wrong or you're incompetent and you couldn't possibly know what you're doing or the right answer. And this leaves you feeling very angry and defensive, often very defensive. And it also really, really lowers your self-esteem because I would be called things like stupid. I would be told that I was stupid, Um, you know, and oh, I got accused of cheating all the time just different things. And so it really, really did lower my self-esteem, I know. If you realize that you're in a narcissistic relationship, you might want to think about what led you to this partner. And are you comfortable with your partner being so in control and so manipulative? And the thing is that people who end up with narcissists usually have issues with codependency. And I did a whole podcast on codependency, so if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that, and you'll hear what codependency really is. But you may have had a parent who needed all of your attention, who um, demanded your attention, who treated you in the same way. And that's a lot of, that's a big part of, I know, why I ended up being with somebody like Luke. It was 
because of, you know, how I was raised. I felt like when I was growing up, like I always kind of had to walk on eggshells at home. And that's, I just kind of went from from one relationship like that to another. So it's important because you can start changing yourself. You know, you're probably not going to change your partner if they're a narcissist. You're not going to change them unless they see that they need to change and they want to change. But they have to recognize that. And there are treatments out there. The narcissist can overcome narcissism by recognizing and separating from the self-soothing and also self-attacking attitudes by changing that critical voice inside. And it can be done, but like I said, it's difficult because a lot of narcissists don't see that they have a problem. So you can't go get help if you don't think there's anything you need to get help for. So the best thing is for you to get help for yourself. And in my situation, that meant leaving, which was really hard to do, but I had to do it. And I had to work on myself. I had to rebuild my self-esteem, work on self-love again. And it wasn't easy, and it took a long time. It wasn't one of those things where, oh, I just like went to counseling and it was fine. It took a lot of work and it took a lot of years because there were so many layers to this that I didn't even see. And so it's been the process of uncovering each layer and healing that layer. But it is possible. And I highly recommend that you do that and start by just working on yourself. And if you feel like you're changing yourself, your partner may recognize that and may feel like they do want to work on things. Or they may not like it at all, and you may decide that this isn't the right relationship for you. When whatever you choose is perfect for you, only you can know that. No one else can tell you what to do. You have to be comfortable with that yourself. But I do not regret even one single second leaving that relationship. It was the best thing I ever did. And the only thing that I regret is that I should have kept my children away from that person more than I did. But... There's not anything that I can do to change the past and what already happened. It's now starting today from where I am and changing today and tomorrow and what I do in the future. So I hope that that was helpful for you guys. I know there's a lot of information out there, but I just really touched on it. I did want to pull a card for you before I left today. So the card I pulled is from the Heart Thoughts deck by Louise Hay. And it is, I always have a choice. I choose to believe that it is easy to change a thought or a pattern. It's my choice to do so. I love that. You do. You have a choice every day as to whether you're going to continue with the same patterns of behavior and you're going to end up getting the same results or if you're going to change your behavior, thereby changing the results and hopefully seeing better results and living the best life you possibly can. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for being with me. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Please subscribe. Please leave some reviews from wherever you're listening. If it's iTunes, leave me some stars. If you're listening from other places or iTunes and you want to leave an actual written review, I would love that. I want to thank you so much for those of you who've already done that. 
You can share my podcast on your social media sites. That's amazing. And thank you to, again, the people who have already done that. If you would like to work with me, there are so many ways you can work with me, either through a Reiki session, coaching session. You can take an online course with me. You can check all of that out on my website, which is just melissaoatman.com. All of the pricing is there. If you actually want to book, you can simply email me and schedule a session with me. There's so many ways to get a hold of me. You can email me at melissaoatman77 at gmail.com, or you can call me or message me on Facebook or Instagram. All of my information is in the description to the podcast, all the ways you can get a hold of me. Also, if you would like to get a free morning and evening meditation, all you have to do is go to my website and subscribe, and you will receive a free morning and evening meditation simply as a gift from me to you, saying thank you for supporting me and my mission. Don't forget to join me on my Facebook Lives, Mondays at 5.30 Central, where I do a free reading for everyone. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.